0: The show
1: Welcome to the I Can't Deal With This Podcast, episode 35. We have the brothers in arms. We have Ben, the maestro. How we doing? We're good, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Hanging in there. Hey, you. it looks like it's starting to become the beginning of the end for the coronavirus. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Maybe within the next month or so, we can get the yeah. other brother in arm, Mr. Gabe Hoff. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, my brother. Doing good. My brother.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So, if you got outside the house, like, when when you, like, have you been walking? Like, can you walk around the neighborhood and everything
2: like that?
0: Yeah, like, we we go outside and ride bikes and stuff like that.
2: That doesn't do it for me. I'd still have to, like, get out <laughs> somewhere. No, I'm
0: with you. I'm with
1: you. I, I don't know if I could ride. I mean, no, if you ride bikes, like, I, I could do it. I could do it for a little while. It's got to be for a while. I don't know if I could do it for, like, months. At a no, day. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: That's, like, a once-a-month yeah. thing for me. <laughs> If so I'm how like does so how ride. does
1: it feel the what is this the first or second full week of not having to go to your spring classes I know Ben you're starting a, a summer class two summer classes tomorrow yeah. How has how
2: this little week and a half break been for you? It's been nice, but, you know, uh, it. I feel like after this semester, I had, like, a, a week break, which was nice, and now I'm about to jump into it tomorrow. So I'm ready. I'm ready to go ahead and get it started. For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Gabe, how has the first week and a half,
1: two weeks, of kind of freedom and, and summer break been for you?
0: It's been good. You know, I've been reading a lot. I used to be an avid reader, but, like, I got back into that, and like I, I enjoy it. It's, it's good building my vocabulary and stuff. Well,
1: what what so, it what it what books have you been reading? You said you're an avid reader now. What are you uh, <laughs> what 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 are you reading right now? Well, I'm I'm going
0: back to Percy Jackson. I felt like what I in, No, I felt like if I wanted to get back into reading, I have to start with something I can enjoy first. So that's why I'm starting with those, and then I'm gonna branch off.
1: Have you uh, have you? Re- you, so you've, re, you've read him once. Um, what number, what book are you on right now?
0: So I finished the whole Percy Jackson, like the first five, and there's like a second five. So I'm on the first book of the second five.
2: Okay. Got you, got you. See, they made a yeah. movie about Percy Jackson, Jacob. Did you enjoy that movie?
1: I thought it was okay. Um, I thought the first one was fine um the yeah. first one is actually why i started reading the books yeah um but i think there was a second one and the second one to me kind of was a big disappointment mm-hmm. gabe did you watch any of the movies
0: yeah i didn't really i didn't really enjoy them that much either but they said they're in the works of a disney plus series so like each book is going to be a season so i think that would be cool
2: if yeah
1: they that'd could be get that would be
0: kind of yeah that'd
1: be dope that'd be dope mm-hmm. all right so what what kind of so you said you got two summer classes? What's kind of your your schedule I guess looking like for this the summer? Are you working at all? I mean, hopefully we kind of get the economy back to where it was. But have are you guys working at all?
2: Yeah, hopefully my hours will pick back up next week. Um, they, I still I'm still on like a a student leave kind of thing with the company that I worked with during when I got back. But I don't know if I will. Just because I'm still on the GI Bill, and plus, like, I'm only taking t- well, both classes are online now. Dude, what uh, a-
1: what did you do for that that company?
2: Oh, I just put boxes and trucks for them, basically. I got filled up UPS trucks. That's pretty much all I did, gotcha. which is nice.
1: Gotcha. Well, what, uh, buddy, what are you, uh, what are you planning on doing for the summer?
0: I don't know. I was supposed to be working this summer camp job, but that got canceled. And that's not like one of those jobs where you can just magically, like, not magically, but you can't just, like, reopen it again. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I'll find something. I, I feel, I feel that, that, yeah. I
1: feel that. So, we got to talk about, I mean, since we are a sports podcast, probably the biggest documentary that has swept the globe, The Last Dance. Um, everybody, unless you've been living under a rock, has seen at least one episode of The Last Dance. And we actually came to a conclusion this past week of – Episodes nine and ten came out. We saw stuff like the flu game or the food poisoning game. We saw Carl Malone in his MVP prominence. We even saw a spotlight a little bit on Steve Kerr. Um, we have the we have the push off in the nineteen ninety eight hmm. uh, game six. So I wanted to kind of get hmm. some of your guys' opinions as to one what do you, what did you guys think about the whole series that the whole documentary
2: it was very well thought out and very well planned i will say they they released it at a pretty good time and um i think the whole documentary was a huge success for espn for sure
1: uh gabe what do you think about the document that i don't know why but documentary doesn't sound right documentary the last dance how does it what did you think what were some of your takeaways from the last dance
0: I'm still treading through it but like Ben said it's a huge W for ESPN. You know it had everybody watching and every sports fan had no choice but to watch it. So it did huge numbers obviously. So it's it's a huge W and it's just it's crazy to see like inside of like an NBA's locker room, NBA team's locker room or something like that and just to see the the background of everything. So I think that was really cool just to see that. And yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to like more of that in the future yeah i'm I'm with you
1: i thought that one of the probably the best things that could have happened was i was really worried that they were just going to focus strictly on that 1997 1998 season but in actuality Mm. they focus on the whole the entire career of michael jordan even the entire career of people like Scottie pippen and as we saw in episode nine, kind of Steve Kerr as well. Um, and I thought that they did a really, really good job of kind of s- play, like looking at that. Yeah, um, but I thought that episode nine and 10 and the document, like the document, the documentary, the doc, <laughs> what the
2: <laughs> Doc, he t- Doc it documentary. Docu- there we go. Doc, good job, Jacob. You the, passed the second I was grade. Like, that
1: doesn't sound right. <laughs> but the last dance, it. I thought overall it was a very good. And I'm. Ben, you said it 100% accurately. Um, what it did is it kind of gave people something to watch mm. in this coronavirus, which it's perfect. I mean, it was it was a perfect time mm-hmm. for a perfect place. Um, I didn't know whether anybody saw it, but they're actually doing an, uh, like a seven part series on WWE Network about the Undertaker, <laughs> which is called the last. It's literally called the last ride. So I'm like. I'm pretty sure this is just a knockoff of The Last Dance, but Wait, dude, uh, we can go with it. Yeah, sure? I mean, <laughs> since the The Last Dance is done, I'm for it. I mean, yeah, I I'd understand watch why it. not, but I mean, I thought episode nine and ten were really good, and they were. I thought it was a perfect way to kind of end out the Mm-mm. series because you look Seems at like you look at some key games like the flu game, the food poisoning game. Remind me never to go to a pizza place in Utah ever um, because they're going to try to kill me. You also saw kind of Carl Malone and his his 1997 MVP and how that kind of lit a fire under MJ. So I wanted to kind of get your guys' opinion as to whether or not Carl Malone or Michael Jordan should have won that 97 MVP. That 1997 MVP race. All right, here. I got the stats for you. I got the stats. Thank you. Appreciate it. Because remember, I'm a stats guy. You are. I appreciate that. So, on one side, we have Carl Malone, who averaged 27.4 points a game, 9.9 rebounds a game, 4.5 assists per game, 1.4 steals, and 0.6 blocks per game. While on the other side you have Michael Jordan, which had 29.6 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.7 blocks, and 0.5 steals. So, I so if you're kind of more of a visual learner, Michael Jordan has the edge by about a point and a half, two points um, in the points race. Carmelo out rebounds Michael Jordan about four a night. Yeah. Um, the assists are about the same. Carl Malone has 0.2 more than Michael Jordan. Um, MJ has more steals by 0.3, and then Carl um, Malone has more blocks by 0.1. So, who should have? Should Do you think that Carl Malone should have won that 1997 MVP race, or should it have been given to Michael Jordan?
2: It's kind of hard to say for me, just because you have to. I have to see the team that's around him as well. And I think Karl Malone kind of had that advantage over how Michael. How does
1: that? That's a good point. But how does the team affect the MVP voting? Because we're talking about the most valuable player, not the most but, valuable team.
2: Yes, but I'm also thinking of like dishes from his teammate. You know, teammates. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay. I'm thi- I'm thinking kind of in that sense, and I'm also thinking of the the situation that they, they both were put into and whatnot, and obviously. Carl Malone came out with the MVP, but MJ came out with the with the ring. So I mean, it, that, it, it, that, it's 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 hard to say. I to haven't
1: me. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, you're talking about Carl Malone, who's coming up like he's getting dishes from probably the most prolific assist God mm. of the NBA history, yeah. John Stockton. Yeah, I about to say John Stockton. Where Michael Jordan's having to pretty much create his own shots.
2: Because there's a wasn't there one game where Michael Jordan scored like 45 points and the rest of the Bulls Bulls team scored like 41 or 42 yeah, or something I mean, like that. that? So that happens. It's hard it's hard to say. What
1: do you think, Gabe? Who do you think should have got the edge in that 1997 NBA MVP race? Did they get it right or did uh, they get it wrong?
0: I'm gonna stick with Karl Malone just based on the fact that you I don't think Karl, I don't think Michael Jordan did anything more like impressive then Carl like, their stats are pretty much the same. Obviously, Carl Malone's going to have more rebounds. I don't think there's anything, like, that pops out that could have taken that MVP award away from Carl Malone that Jordan did that season. Obviously, Jordan went on to win the ring, and he went off in the playoffs and stuff. But as far as, like, the regular season, I think that Carl Malone rightly um, deserved it. And it was a pretty close race. I mean, it was neck and neck. It could have been both ways. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
1: I think what also I, I completely agree with you. I think that Carmelo should have got it, um, just because he had the he had more rebounds. He did lack points by like two, but he was pretty much. As good, if not better, than Michael Jordan in almost every other category. Um, so I do think that Carmelo should have got that MVP. But I think what also Episode 9 and 10 did is it, that it showed a spotlight on Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr is often forgot about as kind of a role player, as kind of a sidekick to the sidekick to the sidekick of the Bulls. Yeah, he's, not a, he's not a Dennis Rodman, a defensive and a rebounding guy. He's not Scottie Pippen, that all-defensive player. He's He was kind of a role player, but... What you saw in that documentary, especially in episode nine, is that you see Steve Kerr coming up when it matters the most. I mean, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Steve Kerr against that Jazz team in um, Game Six, who knows if who knows if they the Bulls would have won that championship, as well as the Pacers game in uh, uh, Game Seven of that nineteen ninety seven season. So, I think that without Steve Kerr, we might be talking about. The Utah Jazz being a one-time, if not a two-time NBA yeah. champion. Now, I might be oversimplifying it a little mm. bit, but I think what they did a really good job of, and I think that's what they did a really good job of the entire thing, is looking at individuals instead of just Michael Jordan. Yeah. They focused on like even Steve Kerr's father and his tragic death. Um, you saw Dennis Rodman and his kind of antics, which is wild because what... I just want you guys to know, Dennis Rodman is a character. Yeah. This man, after the third game of the NBA Finals, missed practice and went and joined WCW and joined the (laughs) NWO and literally was breaking chairs over people's backs. Like, dude, Dennis Rodman's just a character. And and I wanted to kind of get your take on that. Like, do you agree or disagree with – Dennis Rodman's antics, because to his credit, he is going to give you a hundred percent, a thousand percent on the court, but his off the court antics are kind of questionable. So do you, I'll, Gabe, I'll actually start with you. Do you think? Yeah. Do you agree or disagree with kind of Dennis Rodman's antics?
0: Now, me personally, if I was a coach, I would disagree. But in this circumstance, I I agree. Um, I think. Dennis, if you uh, – sometimes you just have to let players, like, be themselves to get the best out of them. Because, like, you saw with J.R. Smith. Like, me and Adam were talking about this. And I'm on something did and didn't interview. That was, the, like, in the finals of 2017, like, that game one, that was JR's first time actually trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But JR's his best when he doesn't do the right thing. Like, he just plays like himself. And I think that's the same with Dennis Rodman. If you just allow a player to be himself – and then he'll like. I think like you give him that much like freedom, he'll give you a hundred percent of his self as well. And so I think at the end, the end of the day, that worked out for the betterment of like both parties, Dennis and the team. So I agree.
2: Yeah, I could. I completely agree. Just because um, if I had a player. And they were dominant, and they got a lot of rebounds. They got a lot of points and whatnot. If they want to go and do whatever on the side, that's fine. But, like, just know when it's time to show up and play, it's time to show up and play. So, I agree.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Dennis Rodman's one of those few characters in which, like, you see, you see some guys in which are just off-the-court nightmares, but they can't back it up on the field or on the court. But I felt like Dennis Rodman could – he could work – off anybody else whether Mm -hmm. he was coming off of partying the night before or being full rest so Mm -hmm. i think that he could he could live up to that expectation he could live up to his kind of he could do what he needed to do on the court without being there for practices and stuff like that yeah for sure um now you also saw in episode 9 and 10 where you see the end of the bulls dynasty you see michael jordan retiring after the 1997 or 1998 season you see phil jackson being released you see uh scotty pippen getting traded you see that dennis rodman re- was released uh steve kerr was traded to the spurs so you see literally the end of the bulls dynasty and it wasn't like a slow slow decline it was like that 1999 season they had no Michael Jordan, hmm. no Phil Jackson, no Dennis Rodman, no Scotty Pippen, they cleaned house. no Steve Kerr, and they cleaned went into house. rebuilding. And so what do you guys think? And I think B- Bill Belichick for the Patriots have has tried to, like, do this the best of, like, completely scrapping or trading or releasing somebody at the very end of their career to try to, like, rebuild – um, and I think that's what the Patriots are doing now. Do you think that it was a good idea to let all these players go, let all these players walk and trade and do everything? Or was that just a mistake on Jerry Krause's part?
2: To an extent, I agree, because there comes a point where players start to retire, contracts become uh, expired, and you know it's time to either sign another contract or it's time to move on. And I guess a lot of these players, especially the coaches, were just like, "Well, it's time to move on." And they cleaned house, and so I, I I kind of agree with it a little bit, but I don't, I don't think they should have traded Steve Kerr. I think they should have kept him maybe one more year just to see if he could be that leader for the rest of the Bulls that came in. True.
1: Uh, What do you think, buddy?
0: Um, that's like just one of those what-if things, because like you see, like the next year, the number eight seeded. Knicks made, went to the finals, I think, and I think that was like the first AFC to make it to the finals, and they played against the Spurs and lost to the Spurs, so maybe the Bulls, if they had stayed one more year and had gone to the finals, maybe they could have beaten the Spurs, maybe they would have lost, but at the end of the day, like, the, that Bulls team was like a ticking time bomb, it was just a matter of time before everything just blew up, yeah. and maybe if they had stuck it out that next season, like, it would have just had problems in the season and just messed everything up so I I agree that it was time to just let everything go yeah for sure
1: and you definitely don't want to pay somebody 20 million dollars at the end of their career and then they just not show up and they can't fulfill their end of the bargain now the last kind of question for or last two questions pertaining to the last dance that I gotta ask you and these are probably the most important that I kind of took away from it is it got me thinking what team or series or game or season would you like to see a documentary about? Kind of like how we saw The Last Dance. What has kind of been on your mind? Ben?
2: Dude, I would have loved to see, like, um I think it was a 2016 season of the Warriors that they went, like, 73 and, like, 9 or whatever, and they lost to the Cavs in the playoffs. I would have loved to see just the, their rise to power and then their fall so you at would, the very so end. So
1: you would want to see it from – the Cavs' perspective, or the I want to see it from Golden Warriors State. I want to
2: see it from Golden State's perspective. No, uh, nah, I don't want to see it from Cleveland's. I'm sure theirs was kind of obviously there was a little bit different. I want to see it from Golden State's because I want to see their their excitement and their enthusiasm, and then I just I, then I want to see their their faces at the end of the finals. <laughs> I'm being it's honest. Kind of morbid, okay? But I'm uh, being honest.
1: Gabe, Gabe, what do you think? What um, team series game? season would you want to see in this kind of last dance documentary style
0: i would want to see the um like the lakers the Shaq and kobe lakers because like you could just see like such a promising duo and all they accomplished and then how they just fell out so fast like i think there's more to that than a lot of people know so i would love to see a documentary about that how they the championships and like the downfalls of when they Kobe and Shaq fell apart and stuff like that.
1: That'd be a good one. Um, I'm going with the Raptors this past season. Really? Uh, past yeah, that That would be pretty I cool. Mean, you got the Raptors in which really nobody thought that they were yeah. a real threat. And the next thing you know, they defeat the 76ers on the bounce that everybody, the bounce yeah. hurt around the world. Seriously? Yeah. And then oh. they, beat, they beat the KD list warriors. Um, cause he, Tears his ACL, tears his meniscus, something like that. Um, but I think it would have been a really good documentary to see Kawhi interact with the media and interact with those yeah. the,
0: the people. Because,
1: man, like you see Michael Jordan, and he's like larger than life. He He's talking, all this stuff. And Kawhi, it's on the other quiet, hand, is just like, quiet, uh-huh. gives these one to two word answers.
2: Yeah, the game was great. Yeah, Ooh. it was
1: great. It was great. But I tell you what, I mean – kind of going off of this last dance thing it's starting to look like we are actually getting back to sports i mean we oh, had ufc 249 last week we even had a little bit like a minor ufc show this past week but we also had nascar that kind of nascar nascar yeah um but you also had nascar that kind of came back this weekend and it was a huge success i mean they were at darlington kevin harvick won the race and it's starting to look like we're kind of it's the beginning of the end. Yes. But I will say, in my opinion, UFC and NASCAR are probably the best sports for kind of going back to kinda going kinda back. Easing, yeah. Because like UFC is a pretty much an individual sport. Mm-hmm. NASCAR other than the pit crew, they're in a car the entire time. Yeah. But, like, in baseball or football or soccer. But we even see in other countries they're starting to go back with soccer. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's going to be interesting to see kind of how we go back to the way we were. Are we going to go back to the way that we were? Are some of the stuff that we kind of accept now, which we didn't accept six months ago, is this going to be how kind of – is this the future? Um, And so, it looks like it's beginning of the end. But do you guys think – I mean – uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Is it the beginning of the end for the coronavirus? Are we going to by summer start to see NBA, MLB, football, all this stuff like oh, we used to?
2: God, I hope so. Just to make my summer a little bit more interesting, because without without sports in general, it's going to be really bad. But I really hope everything's just starts slowly but surely, just easing back into it. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. For sure, for sure. Gabe, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think
0: people are gonna or. They're gonna start saying like, if we don't do it now, then when will we ever do it? So I think that everybody's gonna have that attitude, and I think we'll see we'll see uh, this slowly come back, just like Ben said. Slowly but surely. Slowly oh, but yeah. surely
1: come back. I think I think it's gonna be interesting to see, um, mainly in the next mo- couple weeks, as to whether or not we're gonna have a COVID spike. Um, because if we don't have a COVID spike, then that kind of means that we're on the decline. Um, now we aren't, we still haven't leveled off quite yet. We still got people kind of getting it at still very rapid rates. I mean, actually my, for the first time, one of my students has it. Um, and that's, that's that's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary situation for everybody, but it looks like it's starting maybe to, to level out soon. So it's going to be interesting to see. Let's all pray for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I thought it would be a good idea since we're kind of at the end of the NBA season, we now we got a short mm-hmm. shorter NBA season, but I, I wanted to kind of look back to the NBA draft. The mm-hmm. the night the 2019. 2019 NBA draft and I wanted to look at the lottery picks and I wanted to kind of get your guys's take as to whether or not the pick was a good pick, a bad pick, and what you would grade the teams who picked them. So, we're gonna start off with Zion Williamson. His stat line was 24, seven, and two. Um, 24 points a game, seven rebounds, two assists per game. What would you give the Pelicans? Was this an
2: A pick or an F pick? This was an A pick for sure. This is like I think if any any team that would have picked first probably would have picked Zion for sure. So this is an A, like easy, easy A. Easy A, okay. Yeah. What do you think, Gabe?
0: I'm gonna say A too. Um, he lived up to the expectations. He had an NBA debut for the ages, and I think like he he scored twenty in like pretty much like eighty percent of the games that he did play. Mm-hmm. So that he he still got a lot to improve on too. But as far as athletically, he's years beyond his time. Like he is insanely.
2: He longer, is, but athlete, injuries athletes. are going to be his downfall. That knee is his. It, it might be his downfall because he needs to be very careful.
1: It's interesting that you say that because I'm actually going to give them a B plus. Really? Okay. Because they're great. Um, I think that he had a great stat, 24-7-2. and 2. Mm-hmm. He had 13 games with over 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 straight games.
2: It was consecutive. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the problem is with me is that, that 44 games that he missed – um, and we don't know whether or not that is going to be the future of Zion Williamson or if that was an anomaly. So, I'm going with right now, I'm going with Zion gets a B-plus or the Pelicans get a B-plus. Okay. All right? Number two, uh, we had John Morant go to the Grizzlies. He averaged 18 points a game, 3.5 rebounds a game, and 7 assists per game. What do you guys give the Grizzlies?
2: So, I'm going to give the Grizzlies also an A on this. They it, John Morant, they, they grab um, – Memphis grabbed Ja Moran, and Jaw took them to an eight seed in the West. He took a very bad Memphis team and made them pretty good. And he he has a lot of good highlights. He is very crafty. He's a great three point shooter. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Memphis Grizzlies an A on this pick.
1: Okay, Gabe.
0: I'm gonna give him an A plus. Mm. And I I just, I love when. Players get chosen from small because Murray State isn't a big school by any means. Mm-hmm. Even though Jaw was great in college, you're always gonna be taking some type of risk when you take a small school player. But Jaw came in and did everything he was asked to do. He's the leader of that team already. Mm-hmm. And something else, like when Lonzo first came in the league, Lonzo was like timid. He didn't really have that confidence. I think Jaw Moran is the most confident player in this draft, in the lottery at least. And I think that that confidence is what helps him in a lot of his success this year. So I'm going to give him an A+. Okay. Okay. I'm going with
1: A+, too. I think that the Grizzlies, for the first time in a while, have found their franchise. They snagged him, man. They snagged him. Mm -hmm. He's going to be the face of the franchise for a long time. For a minute. Um, And I think that it was a great – I think that Ja Morant could be a Russell Westbrook, Dame Lillard godchild. Uh, I yeah. think that he could. I don't know if he can shoot and score like Dame did, but I think that he's a dynamic playmaker yeah. like Russ was. Um, so we got number three, um, R.J. Barrett going to the Knicks. He averaged 14 points a game, five uh, rebounds, and 2.6 assists per game. Do you think it was an A choice? B? C? I,
2: I'm giving this a C. Plus. And the reason I'm saying that is because R.J. Barrett is a very good basketball player it's the situation that brought him into it he doesn't he didn't get too much playing time he's not a very good defender he has got a great shot i would like to see him be a little bit more ambidextrous he always goes for that left arm he always shoots with his left but if he was able to get uh to his right a little bit better and more confidently, I think I'd give him a little bit higher of a grade. But as far as uh, the New York Knicks, they got themselves a good player, but he's going to need a few years, of, in my opinion. He's going to need a few more years or maybe just one more year of development for him to really get the pieces together. So I'm giving them a C plus.
1: Okay. Gabe, what do you think?
0: I'm giving them a B. And the only reason I don't give it lower is because RJ Barrett got drafted into probably like as of right now, the worst franchise. Literally, yeah. Like, that, that front office is horrible. And, like, R.J. Barrett, he, R.J. Barrett is a good player. I think he'll take a massive leap next year once he gets his confidence and gets accustomed to the NBA. But I he, he got drafted. And I'm not going to blame it on him. I'm going to blame it on the Knicks.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going with B2. Um, I think that the Knicks were wanting him to become the face of the franchise um and that's i don't a, that's, think he's, that's, a that's a shot in the dark it's a it's a steep expectation yeah um and i think they were looking for that especially from that three pick um and i don't think he's lived up to that yet i mean but if you're looking at this this kind of lottery so far he's he has the third most points behind Zion and John Morant, um, and so I think it's a it's a solid pick. I think it's the best yeah. of the rest, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it was kind of. I agree, it's still a bad situation yeah. he was in. All right, number four, DeAndre Hunter. Um, he went to the Hawks. He averaged 12 points a game, three rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Um, so, what do you guys? Or no, I'm sorry. It was 12 points, 4.5 rebounds, and two assists per game. So what do you guys give the Hawks?
2: I'm giving the Hawks a B for this. DeAndre Hunter, is, he's is a good shooter. He's good with the ball. He's confident. He was an upperclassman coming into the draft. He he just won the NCAA tournament um, with Virginia. Um, he did not really live up to the expectation defensively like he did in Virginia. At, at Virginia, he was a little bit more uh, of a dominant defender. And his first season in the NBA, he didn't really do too much on defense, but he was a great uh, shot maker and he made a lot of good plays. So I'm going to give him a B. Okay, Gabe.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give him a C plus, mainly for the points Ben said. He's a solid three point shooter, but uh, they are the Hawks already have offense. They have Trey Young and John Collins, mm-hmm. so something that they do need is defense. And I think that's probably the main reason they took DeAndre Hunter to take some of that load away from Trey Young and like Kevin Hewitt and all them, and just to focus on defense. Obviously, offense would help, but I think if he can become find his role and become a great defender. And that'll help him in the long run. But like, I'm gonna go C plus.
1: Okay, I'm going with B minus. Same same reason y'all are. He's very good at offense, um, but his defense is kind of lacking. And I mean, we're talking about the number four pick in the NBA draft. Usually for the fourth pick, you're thinking of what uh, Luca was drafted. I think five or I think four, five or six. And then Trey Young was drafted. I think three. Mm-hmm. So like usually with those high picks, you think of a face of the franchise, if not a face, like a second player. And right now, that man is a third option behind <laughs> Trey Young and John Collins. Yeah. Um, and you usually don't see that from a fourth overall pick. All right, number five, um, we have Jarrett Culver going to the Timberwolves. He averaged uh, 9.2 points a game, 3.4 uh, rebounds, and 1.7 assists per game. What do you think about Jared I'm,
2: Culver? I, I'm giving him a C minus. I think I think he was a decent pick for what Minnesota needed because he's a good playmaker in general. He's a good defender. In the NCAA tournament, he did very well. He he, he came from Texas Tech. Then uh, he played obviously Virginia against him and lost. But I think I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna give him a C honestly. It's a decent pick. I just I'm waiting for. Jarrett Culver to really blossom because he didn't blossom like most players did Okay, the lottery. Uh,
0: Gabe? Uh, I'm going to give them a B because he was a solid pick. but I think like the depth of the not saying the Timberwolves have depth but you have people like Joshua Kogi and Malik Beasley who are obviously I think better than Jared Culver and who should be in front of him at least for right mm-hmm. now. So he's going to have to fight for that position. But for right now, I'm going to give them a B because we he's still a work in progress. For sure.
1: Okay, okay. Um, next, we have Kobe White. Um, Kobe White, kind of one of the – some people say – Yeah, is I, I was like, holy crap, no way. Uh, he was drafted by the Bulls. He's averaging right now um, 13.2 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, and 2.3. Seven assists. So, what do you think? What would you give the Bulls?
2: The Bulls, I'm giving them an A on this. This is a, a good snag for them. They needed a good point guard. Kobe White came from North Carolina. He averaged, uh, I want to say, 14 points in North Carolina. What did, he averaged 13 for the Bulls, I believe. Yeah. He was a good pick. He makes a lot of good plays. And, yeah, I'm going to give him an A. Okay. Gabe?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with an A also. Uh, Chris Dunn. And this comes from a Bulls fan, so like this hits home just because he's from North Carolina, so that was special. And also, Chris Dunn was a solid player and playmaker, but he Chris Dunn just didn't have a score. He didn't score. And Kobe White came in, dude hit seven threes in one quarter one game. So that just shows you how explosive he can be. And I think in a couple years, if Zach Levine stays, they could be one of the most prolific backcourts. So I'm going to go with an A. They got to improve their defense, though.
1: I would go with an A as well. I would actually go with an A-plus um, just because, yeah, you're That boy you're nasty. He's correct. a problem. I mean, he can distribute the ball. He can score. Um, and I, I completely agree with Gabe. I mean, if Zach Levine stays, then they could probably be the next C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard, or uh-huh. – I wouldn't say Splash Bros. I wouldn't nah. go that far, but um, unless they think, went off, I think that they're. I think that that would make for a good team. Um, have a foundation for that good team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jackson Hayes, number seven or number six? Uh, no, no, number so, seven. So yes. went to the Pelicans. What do you guys think? He went seven point five four and one.
2: I, I'm, I'm giving uh, the Pelicans a, a C on this. I, I, it's confusing for me. Jackson Hayes is. He's 19 or 20 years old. He just goes for the highlight dunks. He's not really a good... He's a decent defender, but he could be so much better for his size. Um, I'm giving him a C just because the Pelicans got... Yeah, they got two good big men, but I think Jackson Hayes was kind of a eh, kind of pick for me. So I'm going to give him a C. Okay, what about you, uh, Gabriel Hoff?
0: I'm going to go with a B, but this is mainly based off of potential. I think he could be like one of the best shot blockers in the league if he ever starts. And I think that's a potential dominant front court with Zion and arguably the most athletic front court in the league. So I, I think that and also he has pretty quick feet, so he he won't be helpless on the perimeter if he ever gets switched on. So I'm gonna give the Pelicans a B, but that's mainly based on potential.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh number number eight, we have Rhea.
2: Rui, Rui Hachimura. Yep. He he comes uh, from Gonzaga. Oh my bad. I yeah like yeah. Sorry. Stats. I get really excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: three point four, three point four six and 3.4 points, six rebounds and one point seven assists. I'm sorry. I just like my stats. Uh, no, I get it.
2: So Rui Hachimura. Um, I'm I'm giving him. A C minus. He come. He. I know he got drafted to the Washington Wizards, and he he serves his purpose of rebounding for Washington. But other than that, he's not that much of a playmaker. He needs work on the inside. He does. He doesn't seem very confident posting up against uh, a defender. So he needs a little bit more confidence in order for me to give him a higher grade. But as far as the Wizards go, I'm giving them a C on this. A
1: C minus. Good night. Yeah, All C-. right, go minus. ahead, Gabe. Uh, I'm going to give him a C. I didn't didn't really know much of this guy, so I I don't really have much to
0: go off of. But like Ben said, he seems, you know, a little timid at times to post up against the bigger and better players. And, like, it's just Bradley Beal needs, like, Bradley Beal needs somebody else. I don't know if Rui Hachimura can be that guy. So I'm going to give him a C. Yeah.
1: I, mean, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I'm giving him a B minus, possibly a B, <clears throat> mainly because if you look at his points per game, he's behind Zion, Jaw, RJ Barrett, and then Rui, um, out of the lottery picks. Mm-hmm. So he's scoring and he probably has I think the second most rebounds per game I out think. of all. So I think he might be timid, but I think that he's had he has a good foundation to be a solid big man for that mm-hmm. Wizards team, which they desperately long for. A lot. Um, we also have Cam Reddish. He went to the Hawks. Um, that <sighs> third player for, from that Duke team. Um, we, he went ten point five, three point seven, and one point five. So, See,
2: what do you think about the Cam pick? I'm giving him a C plus, man. I I really he was so. Like highly regarded as a high school player and at Duke he was so inconsistent and he continues to be inconsistent with Atlanta because sometimes he looks like a problem and sometimes he looks like he don't know what he's doing so for me I'm I'm giving him like a like a honestly, I'm gonna give him a solid C he's gonna he's got great potential but he needs a strong kick in the behind if he's gonna be a really strong competitor on that team
0: okay Gabe? I'm going to go with the C also. He, he, I agree with Ben. He does have potential to be a good uh, shoot good player and a good defender because he has that size. Mm-hmm. But I just think Kevin Hueter is just better than him as of right now. And Kevin Hueter is so much more consistent. So the Hawk, I feel like the Hawks are going to stick with him for a while, bring Cam Reddish off the bench, maybe a 6th or 7th man, maybe 8th,
2: mm-hmm.
0: as of right now for the next couple years. So I'm going to go C.
1: Okay? Okay. sure. Uh, We also have uh, Cameron Johnson, (sighs) which he went 8.1, 2.9, and 1 for the Suns. Mm -hmm. Um, What do we give the Suns?
2: I'm giving them a D. This is a head-scratcher for me. Cameron Johnson doesn't bring that much to the table, in my opinion. Yes, he comes from North Carolina. He's a Tar Heel. Love you for that, Cam. But he's got a great he's the best three-point shooter in the lottery pick i'll give him that but other than that he doesn't bring too much to the table he's not a good defender at all he doesn't make as much opportunity for himself that he did in college. like he did in college he's a like i said good three-point shooter but other than that i don't think it was worth the Suns to get him when there was still romeo uh langford and a few other people that were able to draft so this is kind of a head scratcher for me so i'm giving it a d Okay, Gabe.
0: I'm going to give it a, I'm gonna also give it a D for mainly the same reasons. He didn't really improve the Suns. Suns were already bad to begin with. Cam Johnson didn't really add anything to them. And that they already have so, they already have solid players in Kelly Oubre and Michael Bridges. Definitely I don't know good. when Kelly Oubre came. I don't know if it was off season or mid season, but they have Kelly Oubre and Michael Bridges already as kind of like three point shooters and uh, they can play solid defense as well. So he didn't really bring much to the tables. I'm going to go with a D.
1: Okay. Uh, we also have the hometown team the Charlotte Hornets drafting PJ Washington um, from Kentucky he went 12.2 5.4 and 2.1 what do we give the hometown team what do we give the Hornets
2: I'm happy with this pick I really am I'm giving it an A minus a-. the a-. only reason okay. I'm giving it an A not an A is because I would like to see PJ Washington uh, crash the board a little bit more than he did he's a very good three point shooter and he's got a great shot and he's a good defender I would like him to see, be a little bit more aggressive on the side. And once he does that, I'm going to give him an A, but for this pick, A-. minus.
1: Okay, Gabe?
0: Yeah, I'm going I'm to go with the B+. plus. I really like this pick. I think he's a future point-forward type player who can be versatile, who can be on offense and defense. And his splash on his debut with his 27 points, I believe awesome. it was. I think he's a little trigger-happy for his size. He needs to use his size a little more. But overall, I think he's a solid pick, and he's going to be a really good player. He's going to make a really huge improvement
1: yeah i think that this was a good pick i would give him i would give him a solid a um i think that he kind of diminished a little bit from his productivity as the season went on but when right out the gate when um graham hadn't established himself yet pj washington was that dude Mm -hmm. um and so i think that was solid um then we got number 13 pick we have tyler hero from the heat um he he's averaging about 13 points a game four rebounds and about two assists per game so what do we think about tyler believe hero? it or
2: not this is the one that i'm going to give an a plus on and two. i i'm saying that because tyler hero he's a good defender because anybody that he gets put against he harasses them with the ball he average he got some steals in college and he got some steals with the heat he's a good three-point shooter he can make a lot of open shots. So this is a, I think the Miami team completely got it. Correct. This is definitely what they needed. And I'm giving it an a plus.
1: Okay. Gabe, what do you give Tyler hero and the heat?
0: I also give an a plus and there there's few people that can impress Jimmy Butler. And the fact that Tyler Hero can even like get on Jimmy Butler's good side is good. He had some clutch shots and I think, other than John Morant, this he's like the second most confident player in the lottery. Mm-hmm. And I think is the biggest steal of the draft. And like Ben said, he was harassing defenders like Michael Carter-Williams. I know Michael Carter-Williams isn't the rookie, but that's still an NBA-level player that mm-hmm. a rookie is playing up against and has confidence to go at. So I'm going to go with an A-plus for this team. They got it right.
1: Okay, cool. Um, last pick of the lottery, we have Romeo Langmore. Um, Langford Langford whatever i said yeah. <laughs> um he <laughs> i was thinking of uh Ozarks yeah the, yeah that's the, that's the, the first horse. the first thing i thought um, of so he got drafted by the Celtics he is averaging 2.6 1.2 and point assists so what do we give the Celtics
2: i'm giving him <laughs> i'm giving him a d because Boston, Boston, I don't really. They Boston. have a they have a good team overall. Uh, Romeo Langford is a good uh, on the outside, but like other than that, he doesn't really bring too much of a dynamic. That was my shoe, Sorry, he doesn't really bring too much of a dynamic to Boston. Boston already has a lot of weapons. They got Jason Tatum. They got uh, Kemble Walker. So obviously, this this also for me was a head scratcher because I just don't think. Romeo Langford was worth it to the Celtics. So I'm going to give him a D.
1: Okay, Gabe?
0: I'm going to do a D minus just because not taking anything away from Romeo Langford, but the Celtics were already good. So, I mean, they weren't really anything bad they could do with this pick. I think they should have gone with the big man to get behind like Ennis Cantor and Daniel Tice. But I think Kimball Walker's there for the long term. I think Marcus Smart's there for the long term. I even think Jalen Brown's going to stick around, mm-hmm. so I just don't see any point of getting Romeo Langford here. So I'm going to go with the D minus.
1: Okay, okay, I'm going to go because nobody else is doing it. I'm going to go with an F. Ah, uh, <laughs> any anybody who is in anybody who is in the lottery pick should be getting more than 2.6 points a game, 1.2 rebounds a game, and 0.2 assist per game. Yeah. That to me just like, I like said, it's a head- even role players Yeah. Like, get more than that. And so to me that's just showing that he's not showing up to the big dance. So I'm going with no. Yeah. But this is a nice um, scratcher. So we,
0: real quick, we forgot Darius Garland.
2: did we Where was he at? Oh, that's right. Was he uh was he number 5? DeAndre Hunter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the uh, the f- either the f- fifth or sixth pick that's right did i miss somebody yeah okay so so those of you don't know uh darius garland is he came from vanderbilt it was the fifth pick to cleveland um i don't know i i I saw him a little bit but in college look it up here i'll google it right now
1: No, i'm not doubting you i'm just you're just flabbergasted i'm disappointed with myself that i'm Got all 15 and missed the fit.
2: Well, oh, you're unfathomable. Anyway, Darius Garland, I'm giving the Cleveland team a B because I think he was put there for Colin Sexton just, just to have kind of another outside guy with him. And I think Darius Garland plays that role very well. He played that role really well in Vanderbilt, and he's playing that very well in Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland is not a really good team. But for that, I'm giving, I'm giving Cleveland a B because by this time next year, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a superstar.
0: Gabe? Yeah, I'm going to give him a B as well. Um, Colin Sexton is a solid player, but at the end of the day, Colin Sexton is a scorer at heart. He's more of like a Donovan Mitchell type player. So I think they'll eventually have Garland at the one and Sexton at the two, and they may be able to coexist together. That's a lot of size they're
1: giving up, but, I mean, we'll see. So I'm going to give him a B for right now. Okay. All right. Now, last thing. Gabe, yes. Gabe, then, I won God. the last one, so I am one and zero in Guest to college. Just to let you know, so we are going round two of the basketball Guest to college. Here we go.
2: Alrighty, this this one.
1: I am going to give you when I say it. I'm going to snap slap the table, and if it is passed to slap the table, Buddy should not get the point because I think that <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the the delay.
2: Alright this one's Obviously we're gonna Start off pretty easy So Vince Carter
1: UC, okay. uh, UNC
2: Yes UNC I, I don't know did, who's Gabe did you I say think, it? I think Gabe said it First
1: I heard I Gabe North, say something But I couldn't hear what he said I said North Carolina Okay yeah, yeah So
2: I'm, I'm gonna give that to Gabe I did hear him A, a split second before So Eric Bledsoe
0: Oh snap Ooh.
2: Duke The good guess But no Kentucky, Kentucky. Yes <laughs> Jacob got it. All right, one-to-one. Oh! Larry Bird.
1: Uh, Indiana. Indiana State? There
2: we go. Indiana State, two-to-one.
1: I knew it was something to do with Indiana because that boy's an Indiana boy.
2: Isaiah Thomas.
1: Washington.
2: Yeah, all right. Isaiah Thomas, but all right. Isaiah Thomas. Pardon me. Did I say it wrong?
1: No, there's two Isaiah Thomases.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, the the most recent one. <laughs> My bad. Well he did go to Washington. Russell Westbrook. UCLA, we already UCLA. Did oh he did. Oh okay. My bad. I forgot to delete that one. And Shaq.
1: I got LSU. Oh, LSU. Damn. No, I got yeah, that one. All right.
2: Yeah, we got you got, you five got we got five more. Uh Derek Rose. Uh Memphis. Memphis. Dang it. That's
1: a homeboys player.
2: All right. All right. right. <laughs> three, What is it? Three to three, I, I believe.
1: I think let's go three all because I'm not three sure all, okay. who is, who's in, in the lead
2: right now. Al Horford.
1: Um, Ooh, Florida. Florida. Yep,
2: Florida. Gabe got it. Whoa, Ooh, I'm, surprised. Got yeah, I I, I, I'm surprised. Yeah, I didn't. I'm kind of surprised he got that. That's kind of nice. Joe Noah over there.
1: I knew Joaquin Noah was down there.
2: DeMarcus Cousins.
1: Uh, Kentucky. Got I'll that, be, one. Dang, got yeah, that one. Got that one.
2: That's got my that. boy, Boogie. Boogie. <laughs> Bill Russell. This one's hard. Kansas? No, this one's very hard. This UCLA? one surprised me. No.
0: Um,
1: I did my two. Yeah, I don't
2: know. University of San Francisco.
1: Would have never. Yeah,
2: would have never got that. And <laughs> this is going to be the last one Carmelo Anthony.
1: Uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. Oh. God. I think Buddy got that one.
2: Ooh, that what that was close. Should we do one more? To tie think, to to
1: if if I get this one, then I tie it up. If I don't get this one, Buddy wins. Okay.
2: Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh I'm not gonna do a Harvard. You're not you're not gonna know this one. Let's do Wilt Chamberlain.
0: Oh snap. Was it UCLA?
2: Mm-hmm. No.
1: Is it Georgetown?
2: Mm-hmm. You're thinking of uh, Patrick Ewing, I think.
1: Uh, I feel like uh, I should know this. I feel like I should know this, too. I'm going to go with Kansas' final answer.
2: He got it. Oh, my goodness. He got it? <laughs> he got it, yeah. What trip really oh went to Kansas?
1: Gosh. All right. We wow. got to do one more. One this more. This is the time. <laughs> All right.
2: Jamal Crawford.
1: Uh, Duke. Oh, Duke. No, no. No. Syracuse?
2: No. What? Carolina.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: no. Game one um. more.
1: Kentucky?
2: Michigan.
1: Would never got that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, when, when I
2: Googled that, I was like, what? Scotty Pippen. Oh,
1: wow. He went to a small school. Amazing he went school. to a real small, yeah. Arkansas State for the Blind.
2: No. <laughs> <I>
1: know, yeah, <laughs> no. Is it in a school in Arkansas, though? Or is that where he went to high school?
2: It is. It, it, it is a school in Arkansas.
1: Is it Arkansas um, like State?
2: No. I. I have no clue. That, Central Arkansas. Arkansas.
1: Would have never got that. Would've Give never me one more. Give pop, us an
2: easy one. Do you want an easy one? Not
1: not a super easy one, but a medium easy one.
2: Kevin Durant. Texas. Texas. Yep. Boom.
1: No. Oh, dang. I, I feel like that was about the same time.
2: Uh, one more or no? One more. Uh, one, one more. more. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to do him. James Harden.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
1: Sandy. No. No
0: why
2: um gosh i have
0: no i I don't know jacob you know
1: i'm gonna go with louisiana tech university
2: it's arizona state
1: oh yeah all right we still are tied
2: anthony davis
1: oh kentucky easy 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 all right, that's it. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's round this one out. Um, what are your words of wisdom for the listeners, for wash our millions your, and millions of
2: fans? Wash your hands and Wha- pray that we get sports soon. Honestly, honestly. Please.
1: So wash your hands, like always. Okay, Gabe, what is your advice for your for our millions and millions of listeners?
0: Pick up a new habit, you know, reading, cooking, exercising, something,
1: just to... Occupy your time. Yeah. For sure. That's a good one. Yeah, that's for a good sure. one. Always try to make yourself better. Mm. Always try to better yourself.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Unfathomable.
1: Unfathomable. Unfathomable. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, ladies and gents. It has been a real week. Episode 35 is in the books. We will come back with you next week with episode 36. Peace. Peace.